0: It's like we high five each other when we hire somebody, but we forget to low five each other when that person quits. And and as a CEO recently said to me, it's a doom loop. You can keep filling jobs if you can, but the net number of workers doesn't change because you're filling jobs and people are leaving jobs.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show—the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf. Hello, Googleization Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization. Uh, just been another crazy week, as it is every week, living in the age of Googleization, uh, living on the exponential curve. We are, we, um, my wife and I just got back from Indiana. We were at the Indiana SHRM conference, the HR Indiana 2021. And we want to thank everybody. I was shocked. I talked to a couple people we were all surprised they had a very very large attendance live close to a thousand people that were there they had many some that signed up just virtually but it was a really wonderful conference i thank everyone who attended my session we had a standing room only session talking about recruiting in the age of googleizations so really pleased that we were there trip was uneventful flights were full everyone was masked Back, so it's still a little inconvenient doing all that travel, but fortunately, we're getting back to some of those in person events and great opportunity. But very, very impressed with the Indiana Sherm. So, congratulations to that group! And want to thank everybody who participated and attended my session, and which leads into something that we're having next week because of so many people having other questions not only from last week but over the last course of a year, and especially with the uh, labor shortages that we're facing. Having a webinar next Thursday, August 12th, it's called Your Playbook for Recruiting in the Age of Googleization. That's probably going to be a series. You can sign up. It's free. You can go to bit.live forward slash R-A-G Playbook Webinar. It's R-A-G, as in Recruiting in the Age of Googleization, R-A-G Playbook Webinar. It's bit.ly. You can also go to up on my website and it'll be there. So it's free. If you have any questions, you can just reach out to me also on LinkedIn or just go up to the website and, and reply. And if you can't get the link, get it there. So uh, that's one. And then last week had an awesome turnout for another webinar we had done, which was Reimagined Tomorrow about how to adapt and, and grow and thrive in a, in the, in a F, FCDD world frustrating, confusing, disappointing, and distracting world. That is available on the replay as well. So you can go up to bit.live forward slash reimagine tomorrow. So that's available. It's free. It's on the replay. So obviously not a whole lot of interaction you're going to be able to do. We'll be repeating that as well. So again, make sure you sign up for those two webinars. And before we get to today's guest, which is Dick Finnegan, we're going to be talking about the stay interview talk. I met Dick just a few weeks ago. We were on to tu- tune in Tuesdays, which is Sherm's monthly TV show. I had a great conversation there and then he, he was on excuses and Googleization. And we just had a few minutes. So I invited him back and uh, we're going to have an expanded talk at stay interviews, which are incredibly powerful because in addition to the labor shortages, not being able to hire people, we have the great resignation Going on, really, really unprecedented rates of employee turnover. And and Dick has been focused on that for, for years. He's got one of the best selling books from Sherm. So he'll be joining us in a second. And then following that, we're going to have Sri, hopefully I'm pronouncing this right, Sri Chalapa, Chalapa from Engageely. They just announced their 100 Top HR Influencers of 2021 list big names on there, such as Angela Duckworth, who wrote Grit. You might be familiar with her. Adam Grant, who wrote Rethink. You might be familiar with him. He was actually the keynote. He was the opening keynote at the SHER meeting as well. Josh Burson, anybody in HR space is probably, and HR tech is probably familiar with Josh and quite a few other names. And I am humbled to be included in that list. So I was named to the top 100. So I invited Sree. On the list, just to talk about it, how they developed it, what they found, what the trends are, and again, to personally thank him for being there. But without further ado, I want to introduce or reintroduce Dick Finnegan. His company is C-Suite Analytics, and we'll show you how to get to up to his site. But Dick has written quite a few books and one of the most popular books ever. I think the most popular book, isn't
0: it, Dick? Uh, for sure. Yes, top-selling book in the history of Sherm. Con- Mind-blowing so- to me, but true. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations on that. So this is your
1: time, just <laughs> the labor shortages. I've been talking about this 21 years. Started in 1999 with the perfect labor storm and then wrote two books on that. And that evolved into Geek Skeezer's Googleization and then to recruiting in the age of Googleization. So when talking about this day would come when it was going to be very, very difficult to hire people for lots of reasons, not just one. I know everybody points to unemployment benefits and they employ to those darned millennials and they point to the internet. They point. They have all these reasons why. And, and the reality is it's all of them converging. It's a little bit of all of it, but times have changed and they're changing fast. But on the back door, the back door is in higher people, but you got to keep them. Otherwise- Again, it's that revolving door. It's that flywheel. And you've been focused on the back end, which has come to light because now they have a name for a period of time, which is called the Great Resignation and uh, people are leaving in record times. So I know you have you have some questions that you have to ask people, but did you ever did you see this coming? I mean, I, I had to, you know, in the perfect labor storm. We saw this coming, didn't have an exact date that it would arrive. 2021 sort of sums up perfect labor storm. You had written a book on the Great Resignation. Would it have been now or are some of the things that are happening now surprising you? Who knows? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> but what is surprising to me is we did not rehearse this but you said flywheel, which is my favorite word out of Good to Great by Jim Collins. And I was going to talk about doom loop, which is another phrase of Good to Great. When you said that, I went ah. Well, we are of a certain age when when that was
1: that was the book. If you didn't read it, that. it, it is still the book for me. It's a great.
0: Book. So, so so let's kind of go one piece at a time. So, it is a wild time because we're so focused on trying to find people. And that's that whole mass of things, you know, More people retired than we expected. Many parents, mostly women are still out of the workforce, taking care of the kids. Some people took like a 12 month time out to rethink their lives. More people became entrepreneurs, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So all that's out there. But it's like we high five each other when we hire somebody, but we forget to low five each other when that person (laughs) quits. And as a CEO recently said to me, it's a doom loop. You can keep filling jobs if you can, but the net number of workers doesn't change because you're filling jobs and people are leaving jobs. And throughout all of recorded history, and I don't mean BC times, but I mean the last 50 years or so, there has never been, think about this. This is the tale of two Aprils. In April of 2020, unemployment reached its all-time high and the growth from the previous month to that month was its all-time high. In April of 2021, the number of employees who quit was the all-time high. The number of job openings was the all-time high. So if you're an employee, you have to be thinking, do they love me? Do they not? How do I don't know I can trust them. What is happening here? And so we've been whacked around by a recession that was officially just 60 days long. Yeah, but amazing. nonetheless, so you sit here today, Ira, and here's there's lots of things I can't quite understand. Here's the one I cannot quite understand the most. Unemployment is 5.8% today on August 4th. The Wall Street Journal a few months ago published a projection that by year end or early 2022. So let's say in six months, unemployment would be 3.2%. So I don't know how you go from 5.9 to 3.2 like that. But also, let, me, let me just yeah. jump into there. This is probably yeah. because I know every time we do
1: that, I go, well, as soon as the unemployment benefit, mm-hmm. 300 additional unemployment benefit, now we're just weeks away from that right. ending. Uh, right. We're going to have this flood of candidates coming back to the workplace. Studies and,
0: have shown the states that already cut it have seen no change. Oh, exactly. In 27 states, 27 states had, no response. Nothing to do, do with it. But to, to but, get but back but to 3.2%, just to make one more point. 3.2% is far lower unemployment than we've seen this century. The lowest in this century has been 3.5%. Mm-hmm. So anybody who thinks this is going to get easier is out of their minds. Not going to get easier. About, let me just yeah.
1: talk a little bit about that because this is important. Why that what why that's happening. So part of it is the unemployment rate is based on the number of people that are looking for a job based on the number of, based on how many jobs, based on the number of people looking. Part of the challenge is, is that the men's participation rate, there's are just two numbers, and we can. I don't want to spend the whole time on this, but just two quick numbers. The men's participation rate has dropped from 67%, meaning of all the eligible working-age adults between 25 and 54 years old, the core part, men's participation rate has been declining for 40 years. But over the last few years, it's just collapsed. And then with the recession over the last year with COVID, it's dropped to 61%. So there's about 6 million men who just disappeared out of the workforce. Part of it's because they don't have the skills. Many of them are people of color. Opioid addiction, because that's taken care. These people are just not qualified or out of the workforce. But the bigger one is, is women. Women had increased their participation from about 35% like 50 years ago to almost to the, somewhere in the 60%. I don't remember what the peak was. It, is, it dropped in a year down to 51%. So there is a loss of about 10% of the participation rate. Part of that is rethinking careers, still home with childcare, entrepreneurship, all those things you mentioned. But women over the last 50 years have now, now get 60% of all the advanced degrees. So the group that is skilled workers are women. They have the skills we need to go forward. And yet they are significantly opting out of the workforce or forced to opt out of the workforce because of all these other things. So that number is very real. Are there enough people in the, U- in the United States and around the world who can do all the jobs? Absolutely. We've got a skills gap misfit. We've got, got socio- societal problems. We've got discrimination problems. We've got distribution problems. We've got people in areas that, where the jobs aren't. So it's, it's complicated. It's complex, which also means, leading back to your story, We absolutely, if you hire somebody and you have good talent, you absolutely have to keep them because finding a replacement is exceeded my expectations. I've been studying this for 20 years, but everybody, you hear labor economists that are doing this their life and they've never experienced anything
0: like this. And, you know, we could do a whole separate show on one word, which is infrastructure. Because when that thing happens, I mean, you think about how rough it is now. Anybody who works with their hands is going to have more job opportunities than they have today. And so are engineers and so are software people. I mean, it's just so let's take our time we have today our, and move it from this is a massive problem, an unexpected one to what do you do to Absolutely. solutions? Here's here's the trick if you go back over 20, 30, 40 years, whatever it is, you study HR people, you study SHRM, you study the industry, there has never been a solution for employee retention. And I'll go so far as to tell you, if you go to Sherm's website and they list their 10 emphasis areas, retention isn't one of them because I suspect they don't know what to say. It's like people think, well, we study pay because people stay for pay. We do exit interviews, which I write a weekly blog and I wrote one week recently and said, are exit interviews more like autopsies or toe tags? And the answer was toe tags. They're gone. It's all you know. You're never going to know exactly why they left. So there hasn't been a solution. So what I did, I'm a therapist by training. I'm a recovering HR executive. I was once an HR executive. I got challenged by my CEO to cut turnover. It was a big banking company. I said, look, you got hundreds of these branches. The only variable is the boss, same chair, same pay, same benefits, same customers, same bricks. It's all the same thing out there, but the boss. And so we tracked turnover by branch. We went out to the branch managers, did road show, said, you have a goal to cut turnover. They said, oh no, it's health insurance. It's my favorite thing to pick on. We don't have pet insurance. It's all these things. So four months later, turnover fell 19%. We saved over $4 million just by having a report with their name on it. There's no question. And now, I think, you know, speaking at the SHRM conference in Las Vegas, my topic is seven proofs that leaders and not HR drive turnover. So now, you know, now I've, lots of stuff since then. But along the way, when I got asked to write a book, I asked a professor to tutor me, a professor of industrial psychology who had a strong interest in turnover. I said, I want a fake PhD in turnover. So I have a fake, it's not on the wall, I have a fake PhD in turnover. But I spent months reading academic journals and studies about what really cuts turnover. And so we invented a solution that consistently cuts turnover 30% And more, and I could name you corporations. I could give you references. Thirty percent, thirty percent, forty-seven percent, fifty-eight percent, sixty-two percent, over and over and over. And at the key to this, what I actually I use the word keystone is stay interviews, because the number one reason people stay or leave, or for that matter, engage or disengage, is how much they trust their boss. Now, just as an aside, Deloitte says we spend a billion and a half dollars a year on engagement. Gallup says engagement hasn't changed since they started tracking it 21 years ago. Where's the misfit? Well, because we spend the money on the wrong stuff. If you're not spending money on leaders to build trust, you're spending it on the wrong stuff. So if you're having employee appreciation week, employee of the month, more town hall meetings, more events with food, career day, rah! <laughs> it's not gonna change anything. And that is the rub. On the other hand, we have found is, if you wanna cut turnover, And I know you're going to put our website up at the end. If you want to cut turnover, convert turnover to dollars to wake up your executives, get your CFO involved in turnover because they think it's an HR thing. It is consistently the second or third biggest expense in major corporations. CFOs, they're looking for coins on the couch. They have no idea that there's this million-dollar expense happening out there. So convert it to dollars. Set retention goals for leaders, train them to do standard views, train them to forecast how long each employee will stay, build accountabilities for are they making their goals and are they developing accurate forecasts. And only after we did years of work to build this did one morning realize this is how companies manage salespeople. Salespeople are accountable for achieving goals and developing accurate forecasts. So, operationalizing retention works. HR, go fix it, is a bust. Well, fortunately, things are moving in
1: that direction, especially with the SEC now saying, hey, if people are your most important asset, prove it. (laughs) Show us. Where are the numbers? And recruitment, retention, value of an employee, productivity of an employee, if you have you can be have you can be very productive but if you have a lot of employees that number keeps going down because it keeps getting replaced dick relatively short time today but so I want to talk about what what does a we accept that stay interviews work because you know they do you have the research you have the proof what's a stay interview look like is it just having a conversation you know hey let's have coffee together and and let's talk about, hey, thing how things are going. Yeah, things are good. Yeah, good. Glad to hear that. Appreciate it. If you ever need anything, just you know my office is open.
0: I assume that's not what a stay interview is. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty junky, what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> but sure, that happens a lot. You set up the contrast. Well, so so it's a very structured thing, and it requires training because leaders need very specific skills. So... The opening is to say, I want to have a meeting with you to learn what I can do to make working here better for you. You know, when I developed this whole concept, I jokingly said there's only two kinds of meetings at work. Did you do your work? And here's more work. And that's it. And so <laughs> there's there's nothing that happens from the bottom up, except at the end of a performance review, three questions. How you doing? You know, like you just said. So it's a meeting. I want to have a meeting with you to learn what I can do to make working here better for you. There are five questions. And if you're viewing this, you don't have to write this down. Go to our website, email me, I'll tell you the five. But there are only five you need. The five are when you travel to work each day what things do you look forward to, because we have to get them into the here and now and learn what matters to them. The second one is, what are you learning here? If you're in your fifth day, you say, I've learned this, I need to learn that. If you're in your fifth year, you say, I don't want to learn nothing, I just want to go home, which is okay. Or I'm not learning anything, I'm bored. And so we train, how do you manage that? third question is why do you stay here it's this sneaky question put in by the therapist here because we want employees to think about this discover within themselves the reasons they stay and announce it so they hear themselves stay why they stay so say why they stay if i'm the leader and i know the answer to one What things do you look forward to when you commute to work three why do you stay here i can begin thinking about how do i make this person's job five degrees different to give them more of what they want four is when's the last thing we thought about leaving our team what prompted it i want to know on a one to ten scale how important is to you what do i have to do to fix it five is about me what can i do as your leader to make working here better for you those five questions will get it but you have to become expert at not just asking questions but listening and probing and taking notes and asking probes based on what you hear. So when we train leaders, we say, you're going to walk out of this room being a listening, probing, note-taking machine. You're not going to talk about you. You're going to listen and probe and take notes. Solutions will come to you. And I'll add one more thing I wrote about solutions. And I think you and I might have talked about this before. The real issue isn't what employees put on engagement surveys. The real issue is what they talk about over dinner. When you leave work and you're tired and you're emotionally unintelligent and you feel in a safe space, you let it go. And that might be with your family. That might be in a bar. That might be talking to yourself in your car. But you let it go. That is what determines whether people stay or leave. And what people talk about over dinner, and we all know this is their boss, their colleagues, and their duties. That's where they are. And a couple months ago, a writer in in, in uh, Forbes quoted me on this and said, "Let's face it, it's all about bosses. It's all about bosses."
1: You know, you were talking your focus on the stay interview, and I know you know I can hear the the objections if people say, "Yeah, this is really really important." we just had an interviewing session. We we taught people how to interview for candidates, but they don't. They they teach them how to ask what are the right questions, what shouldn't you ask, what's the decorum, what's the etiquette. They really don't teach them how to interview because how to interview is mostly listening. Asking the right questions and then sitting back and then probing. And, And I always say it takes three questions. And this comes from sales. It comes from three questions. You have to ask you ask one question and then you follow that up with another question, follow it up with another question, but they're all related. It's going down a funnel, not necessarily saying, well, we have 10 questions to ask, so we're going to go from one, oh, we got that answer. Now we'll go to two. We'll go to that answer. Oftentimes people will say, What you have three interview questions. I only need one because how the person answers the first question, they respond to that question will determine what my next question is. That's smart. And you keep probing. So the value is whether you're training people to interview, If you use your model, that stay interview model, you'll help people become better front-end interviews for the job candidate and the back end, or vice versa. So I think the power of interviewing is really interesting there. But the other thing is, I when I heard Adam Grant the other day at the keynote, I was reading his book at the same time, which is rethink because we talk so much about unlearning, rethinking how we learn, reimagining our tomorrow. And the book's exceptional with that. But he talked about during the keynote the power of the re-entry interview. So as people are coming back to work, think about it. So they are still unemployed, but now as they're migrating to either one way or the other, they're either moving toward a re-work remote, they're moving toward on-site or a hybrid, having some type of re-entry interview. And your principles, because I know what the questions were for today, the stay interview principle works tremendously with a re-entry interview because that's the risk point of people go. Well, I don't know if I want to come back to work. Well, I don't know if I'm going to like the hybrid. Understanding would make your number three question: What would would make you want to leave? Based on our decisions.
0: Yep, somebody in the bud. You know, I would circle back and say, if I were watching this, this meeting now, I would say, boy, stay interviews are good. Stay interviews are good. Stay interviews are good. And they are. But they only work if you convert turnover to dollars to wake up your executives to get their buy-in and then set retention goals for leaders and hold them accountable. If you don't do that, this is the flavor of the month and it will not grow legs. It will not stick. But once those leaders understand they have got to keep people and they're going to be told if they don't, somehow they develop those skills better.
1: And it's really, really matters. And I know HR, one is HR needs metrics. Been the the only function in the company that has somehow gotten away from that. I mean, I always ask the most popular question. I just asked it the other day at my session and we had a tremendous response to it. And how many people start an application and don't finish it? because hey we need more money nobody's applying well if nobody maybe people are applying and the application gets in the way right Uh, it's a process more than half said i have no idea that's a problem i mean on a key thing so there's other so applying metrics and just final comment on that it's not about being driven by the metrics it's not having the data or the date data making your decisions it's following the data it's hey we have if we have turnover why and what information are we tracking what are the metrics what's the what's it costing us let's follow that down the pipeline how can we remove it so again i urge everybody to follow the data dick we are our conversations go incredibly fast i know you're for anybody who's going to be the sherm annual you're going to be out there what, what day are you speaking sunday morning mega
0: session i think nine fifteen. oh wonderful yeah,
1: yeah. i'm out. i'm speaking on friday recruiting in the age of googleization so anybody who's there you're on Sunday, out in Vegas. Hopefully, Delta virus comes down a little bit <laughs> by then. How can people get a hold of you? I know there's two: you have your company site and your personal site. Right.
0: Okay. Absolute best way is this is a lot of letters. Is D, as and Dick Finnegan? You can see my name on the screen, D Finnegan at C Suite Analytics. Dot com. Yes. So I'm going to say it out loud. It's lots of letters. D- I think
1: we have the C-Suite. I think we have the- Do you have it? I think so. There it is. There you go. Yeah. There you
0: go. Write to me, right there. Write to me, dfinnegan at csuiteanalytics.com. Finnegan is F-I-N-N-E-G-A-N. If you make it I-G-A-N, you make me Scottish. My late father would be very disappointed. <laughs> so Finnegan at analytics dot com. Thank you, Ira. It's always Dick, fun have, to do a, this.
1: Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to be talking a lot about this because again, I'm focusing on getting people in the door. You're you're trying to close the right <laughs> or the Just back slam that truck. door,
0: right? <laughs>
1: Absolutely. So I appreciate it. Hey, good to see you again, Dick. I know we'll, you and I will be talking in the next few weeks, probably before the conference. Stay safe. Good luck at Cherm and thanks very much for joining us today. Sure. And I'll see you there. Okay, take care. It. Bye. Okay, take Bye, care. everyone. Fascinating conversation. Incredibly important. And again, as I heard Anna Grant on on Monday talk about the re-entry interview, which I think is a brilliant idea, I immediately went to thought about Dick and his uh, five stay questions. And those questions can really be turned around also and asked at the front end. I think they're great interviewing questions. So please look up Dick's book, Dick Finnegan hour of stay interview. He also has a couple different versions of that. If you're going to the Sharm conference, please catch him out there. We are going to have another great guest in our second segment. We're going to be talking about the top HR influencers, top 100 HR influencers of 2021. Sri Chappelle, and we will be right back. Thanks for listening to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Stay with us. We'll be back in a few minutes. A lot of you might be feeling like you're standing in deep shift. But do you know what grows and rises out of deep shift? Opportunity. To successfully navigate the shift to the new normal, each of us must learn to rapidly adapt to the speed of change. Some of us are hardwired for this. Others, not so much. That's where Success Performance Solutions can help. Success Performance Solutions is now your AQ headquarters. Whether you are personally struggling with the next chapter in your career or wondering how ready your team is for fast, disruptive change, our AQ assessment and coaching will provide you a detailed, scientifically-backed roadmap to guide you into the new normal. Optimize your adaptability today. Contact Success Performance Solutions about evaluating your team's change readiness or joining our upcoming AQ Masterclass.
0: Visit successperformance or call us at 800 803 4303.
1: Hey, welcome back, everyone. Welcome to Go- Geek Skeezers and Googleization. I was going to say Googleization Nation. We are part of Googleization Nation. We have a second guest lined up, but unfortunately, he's not here yet. We were going to talk about the HR, the top 100 HR influencer list from Suri. I always mess up his last name, and I apologize to him, Shalapa and from Engagely, so hopefully Ceree will be here soon. And let me just talk about that just for a second. They Ceree's company is Engagely. For the last five years, they have they identified through nominations and also their own research, and they have their criteria, which is what I want to talk about, and I don't know enough about it to, other than what I've read, to determine how they selected it, but I was one of those that was honored. By that, I was selected as one of the top 100 influencers. And what it made us so special, there are a few people up there that are well-known names, some way beyond HR, in fact. We have Angela Duckworth, who you've heard me talk about many, many times as we talk about adaptability. You saw the adaptability commercial there, the AQ commercial. Brit is one of the five abilities required or essential abilities that we need to build our adaptability along with grit. But another person that was on there was Adam Grant, which we just talked about. And he has done extensive research. He's a top professor at Wharton School for many years. And his new book, Rethink, is about unlearning, the power of unlearning some of our behaviors that just don't serve us well. And unlearn is also one of those features one of i keep saying features one of those abilities one of those core skills that are essential for our ability to adapt to the this f F'd up world this frustrating confusing disappointing distracting world this age of googleization the world of exponential change whatever we want to co- call it we need grit and we need resilience we need unlearning we need growth mindset we need mental flexibility And that was our topic last week on the webinar. Roxy, if you can throw that up there, just for those who might have missed it, we talked about reimagining tomorrow and the replay is still available. It's for free. The replay is you can access by going to bit.live forward slash reimagine tomorrow. So please go up there and you can learn a little bit more about grit and resilience and unlearning and all that fits in. For sure. But in addition to the HR influencer list, let me just I'm just going to check to see if he had contacted me and doesn't look to be the case. So hopefully something, I don't know if it's a technology issue or something came up in his schedule. Uh, but as, and when I saw the list, I, I scrolled down, other popular name in addition to Adam was Josh Burson, uh, for anyone who is in the HR space, HR, especially HR tech, Josh is, has, has certainly been one of the top influencers in, in many people's lives and had worked with Deloitte for, for many years and has now a few different ventures. But being named with Josh and Angela, and uh, like I can talk to them like their best friends, Josh Burson, Angela Duckworth, Adam Grant, and so many other people. Any of them were guests. Any of the people were guests on our alumni, I guess we can call them, of Geek Skeezers and Googleization." So I want to extend my congratulations to everybody that was named best, and I encourage you to go out and get there. If you can scroll the banner there, Roxy, maybe across the bottom of how you can access that, you can also go up to my website or just search for Engagely. In Therese. uh, website is engagely.com and if you go to the site and then scroll down about the middle of the page you don't want to type that long url out the listing is there and they've done this for five years and the most recent list just came out so again i thank everyone for being there doesn't don't know doesn't look like he three is gonna make it here but it just so let's talk about what's coming up next week We've got webinar coming up, Playbook for Recruiting in the Age of Googleization. Again, another free webinar, 1 o'clock, 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can register for that by going to bit.ly. forward slash. There we go. RAG, Playbook Webinar. We have it. A- we're expecting a huge crowd. We have a lot of people that have signed up from previous webinars. We're going to be focusing on one aspect. We're going to try to make this a bit more interactive. It's based on my Recruiting in the Age of Googleization webinar and presentation, where we talk about reach. We talk about how to improve the candidate experience. My REACH ac- acronym is R-E-A-C-H. R stands for how do you reach people? How do we source people? What are the best uh, websites? What are the best job boards? But also many other principles. A lot of people ignore the career site. The career site just becomes a tab uh, on your company website. Not very engaging, not very enticing, not, not optimized for search engines so people don't find it when they're looking for jobs. Or it defaults to the ATS, the applicant tracking software site that this provided. Unfortunately, those sites, because they're technically subdomains Then we get into all the IT, you as a company don't have the ability to optimize those, to have those rank higher in the websites. They may look good when somebody lands there, but they don't help you attract people. So there are ways to help you reach more people. And then once they get there, how do you engage them? And, and get a paragraph or just a listing of jobs without any text without images without without any design for for readability or for visibility and certainly without some type of optimization and many are not mobile ready as many of these sites they're just they don't view well on a mobile device and when 96% of all adults in the US under 30 years old 96% own a smartphone the only device the only connection the only way that they can possibly hear about your job opening or your co- or learn more about your company if they're interested would be to pick up their their phone and search for it and if your career site or your jobs or your application are not mobile ready there is no engagement they're just going to pick up and leave. And then certainly the application, which is the A, so we have reach, engage, and then apply. The apply is probably the number one fallout, even when companies are doing a good job with reaching and engaging and people click to apply. The challenge with the apply button not or submitting the application is that at the rates of abandonment, people who start an application and then complete it are incredibly high. The rates on average are about 50%. Many companies that aren't tracking it are finding 75 to 90%, which means anywhere between three out of four and nine out of 10 can applicants who say interested in applying and then they don't finish it. That's a particularly good important number to know. And in the recent survey that I just did at one of the conferences, more than 50% of the people that were attending, they're looking to how do we recruit better, how do we secure talent better. They did not know; they had no idea what what that completion rate is. So, if you have, let's say, you have fifty percent of the people who apply drop out, in order to get the higher number of applicants, you either fix that, or you work twice as hard, or you have to get double the budget for sponsored ads. If you have, if you have a seventy-five percent abandonment rate, that means you're going to uh, need to work three times harder, almost three times harder, two and a half times harder. You're going to need almost four times the money because only one out of four people actually complete the ad. So that's that's significant in, in you know, very few companies have that much time and that much money just to waste and, and pour it on. So we have to become much smarter. Companies have to become much smarter. So improving the application is probably the number one challenge that recruiters are going to have. We're going to talk about we be talking about that a little bit in the playbook in the webinar next week. Conversations, C is conversation before and after, and that's part of engagement, a little bit of an overlap there. Once somebody applies, there should be no ghosting on your part. You need to get off the cold and corporate communication of, hey, thank you for applying. We'll be, with, we'll be in touch with you in a few weeks. And then candidates should fall into the void, into that HR black hole. But also before, there's a lot of people that are having conversations before, even if somebody doesn't qualify for the job, because they may know somebody who does, or maybe there's another opening down the road, but you want to have good vibes. You want to have people talking about a good experience, not a bad experience. And so that's the C. And then the H is hire. And the job hiring does not stop at the job offer. Requires onboarding. And the H, the onboarding process, people are finally getting it, that you can't have people just show up on the first day and expect them to become familiar or be comfortable. And that's one of the reasons people don't like that, that first day. It's a new experience. It's strange for them. It's stressful for them. So what are the ways that you can make it comfortable rather than coming in and filling out 32 different forms that they have to complete? And then when one seems to know that they're there or the manager's rushed and or their desk isn't ready, the computer's ready, their tools aren't ready, what are, what are some things that you can do to make that experience better? So all along the way, from reach, engage, apply, converse, and hire, what are, what are the steps you can take to make that candidate experience better? And we will be talking about that. We're not going to be in the next webinar. we won't talk about all of them. We're going to get a consensus of what are some of the biggest issues, and we're going to focus on those. And then I'm, I'm considering, if there's enough interest, to have that as a maybe as a monthly webinar. Have groups come together and we can share solutions, but also we can have a guided conversation. So again, playbook for recruiting in the age of Googleization next, next Thursday, August 12th, 1 PM. It's free. You can go to bitly forward slash R-A-G playbook or not.com, just webinar, uh, bitly forward slash R-A-G playbook webinar. Sign up for that. Hope to see you then. I want to thank Dick Finnegan, for being our first guest today. next company is C-Suite Analytics. We talked about the stay interview as we talked through that. Love the idea of the re-entry interview as people were bringing people back to work or moving them from physical to remote, remote to physical, or some type of a hybrid. Find out, be able to find out where they are, what's their mindset, what's troubling them. Are they considering leaving because we are having this great resignation? So Dick Finnegan's stay interview—you can pick up the book as well on Amazon or through Sherm—and or if you're going to the Sherm conference, you can visit, you can see Dick live. He'll be Sunday morning, I believe, it's September 12th, and he will be presenting out in Las Vegas at the annual Sherm meeting. For all of you who are part, who are our loyal listeners, thank you really do appreciate it. If you're not part of Googleization Nation yet, please sign up googleizationnation.com. It is free. You will get updates about the webinars and the guests and other events and planning quite a bit in the future. So until next week, don't let the shift hit your plans.